Hello and welcome back to Something Rotten, our ninja theory season. Uh, to be honest, in the beginning of this, I was saying like season four, season five, and I th I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lose it. So we're just gonna say ninja theory season. That's what we're doing. We're doing away with numbers. I have a ninja theory for you. Yeah? Um, ninja Ninjas are stronger than samurais. That's just a theory. A ninja theory. That's just a ninja theory. You couldn't see it, but I dramatically backed away from my camera. Real cool, like, listeners. It was great. He really did. He made it convincing. I yeah, believed yeah, you yeah. for a second. Although, I've always considered myself more of a samurai fan. I think what? just because... Here, here's the thing. I, I just want to, I think, like, overt sword fighting is more exciting to me than, like, being sneaky and using gadgets, you know? And I think of, I think of ninjas as essentially, like, the, the, the inspector gadgets of ye old, Bro. uh, you know? Bro. It's like, they got a bunch no. of tech, and Samurai's just gonna walk in there with a sword and kill or get killed. No, no, no. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to the listeners. The only reason you like Samurai so much is because you're such a freak for that little man, Tom Cruise. You saw The Last Samurai, and you're like, that's it. Like, <laughs> I actually have not seen that movie. One of the what? few Tom Cruises that I haven't seen. <laughs> that's a good movie. I will... Okay, I don't know if it's a good movie. I saw it literally 20 years ago. My uncle took me to the theater to see The Last Samurai as, like, a nine-year-old. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm it's sure good. if I saw it when I was nine, I would have been like, this is the best piece <gasps> of entertainment I've ever Hold seen. Hold on. When did that movie come out? Can we just... Let's allocate one minute to me looking this up just to know. Because I was like, 2003, yeah, I guess I would have been nine. Yeah, 20 years exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ken Watanabe's in that. So there you go. Uh, Hiroyuki Sanada is in it, who people know... Oh, yeah. Hiroyuki, my my fave. People know from John Wick 4 or Ring, crucially. Or Sunshine, everyone. My new favorite sci-fi movie. Oh, I've never seen... I've never seen Sunshine. Uh, Shun Sugupta is in it, who's in uh, basically every Yakuza movie ever made, and this one samurai film. Good cast. I feel like I feel like the thing that people talk about that movie is kind of like really it's Tom Cruise. You know, it's like it's a white yeah. guy, but like the rest of the cast is so fucking stacked that like you know I I'm sure I would still enjoy it even while being like ah maybe Tom Cruise shouldn't be the last samurai. Raise your pledge on Nebula that it's not how Nebula works and we'll <laughs> watch the last samurai. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a, a rotten movie. Such a dumb uh, Nebula bonus thing for this season, <laughs> which is dealing with Devil May Cry and mental illness or whatever. Uh, anyway, we've beat Devil May Cry. Uh, we saw Virgil uh, snipe an unborn child. Uh, I got thoughts we, on that shit. We earlier we fought that unborn child. Uh, well, yeah. Hold on. Was it yeah. born then unborn? I think I think it was just kind of like a manifestation of like an evil fetus. Oh, uh, that's fair. You know that 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 common thing that yeah. we all know. Yeah. Um, uh, I look. Uh, we played the first half last week. I was like banger. Played the second half this week. Still banger. Still still fun to play. Here's the thing you gotta understand about this game's ramp up and quality is you unlock these two little uh, frisbees with s knives on the end of them and it makes the game fucking incredible. It's so good. I think those frisbees might be so good that they uh, break the game and I'm interested <gasps> to like talk about it. Uh, we'll, we'll go more into the combat this week than we did last week, I think. I think that's, that's an interesting thought because it does have, you know, the the throwing move which basically lodges in enemies and kind of freezes them for a bit of time allowing you to either focus on a different enemy or just double combo one enemy but so that's a bit op but i feel like overall their damage output is not that high no, you're you're missing you're missing the most important move which is the one where you suck all the enemies towards you Ah, uh, that's that's the one that's uh, where okay. it's like it, where and it's like you do that and then you take out your axe or your big fists and it's just like everything goes down real quick sure okay now i think the the uh weapon that might break the game at least in the boss fights is the axe the oh, for damage sure. it does on 100%. bosses is uh, it's actually i don't think that useful on normal enemies because it's so slow and they're so 
fast that's like mm-hmm. I used I used the like uh, gauntlets more often for the like uh, the, the the demon weapons. But in boss fights, especially when they're staggered, pulling out that axe can like drastically diminish how much time you have to spend on a boss fight. No, the the like the Y Y pause Y where yeah. you do I think it's called Trinity Smash is like one of the it's the thing in this game that really speaks to like this is not kind of a mainline Devil May Cry because like there would never be a move that good and easy to pull off that yeah, also yeah. gives you like triple s immediately yeah. in in devil may cry three or four you know it's like that it, it it's so it is so fun to knock off like 40 percent of a boss's health bar with one hit with that but it's like they would never make it that accessible <laughs> um so I play a lot of stylish action games, as you and maybe listeners know, mm-hmm. uh, without particularly being very good at them at all. Like, I, I willfully do not really engage much with the combos. Like, I get good enough that I am competent at them, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I don't mm-hmm. go very deep. Like, Bayonetta 1, a sometimes dick-kickingly hard game. Uh, I'm getting stone rankings across the board, and I'm just happy to be right. there. <laughs> now, that said, Bayonetta 3... I got fucking good at, except for those goddamn viola levels. Uh, anyway, all this. Did you know they recently patched it to make her parry window more? Did they really? Like, I think, I, I say this, I think it was back in January. I want to go back to it and play it. Huh. Yeah, that's a real, I mean, I, man, I, I hope that Switch emulators come out one day. Because, like, playing that game not on the Switch, I feel yeah. like it's going to be my real moment for it. Where it's just, like, it's, it, it's running it fucking 480p or whatever <laughs> dude the amount of times i want to replay that game and then i'm like i would rather eat glass than plays viola ever again that's right is a bummer but they have apparently patched her quite a bit so i'm curious to go back anyway all this is to say uh i was i was putting up some goddamn s ranks not oh, yeah. in, not in the chapter totals in individual uh combat encounters i was getting the s's the double s's and the triple s's across the board on this game yeah i i mean i was getting i mean i've previously stated i played this game way too much and i still have yep. kind of that muscle memory but like the only thing that was preventing me from getting like double s chapter rankings was i was not finding any of the collectibles because the collectibles uh, in this sure. game are stupid and what it's like oh you didn't find four keys and i was like yeah, I'm not going to stop an incredibly fun combat system to go look for keys, which is a problem that all of the Devil May Cries and Bayonetta have, is this like, yeah. hey, do you want to stop doing the most fun thing you've ever done in a video game to like turn the camera in a weird position and try to find this little corner that we hid? Jacob, this ad is not like other ads. Oh, it's not? Yeah, usually we're, we're hawking people's lairs, but I use nebula this is a true thing i use nebula a lot i got the app on my phone it's really great do you use it i was using it just before this to watch patrick wellham's new video on days of thunder oh my god dude so leo uploads videos of him just hanging out with his girlfriend for hours on end and like because i don't live in minneapolis anymore i'll just turn those on like i'm hanging out with leo and marie like i used to and the fact that there he's believe it or not it's not just a leo app there's like all these other great creators on there is just the cherry on top of the Leo Sunday for me. Do you think Nebula should rebrand as leovader.com slash Nebula? I think they'd be the biggest streaming service in the world if they did. But here's the thing. The point of all of this is to say, listeners, you gotta sign up for Nebula because not only will you get early access to something rotten with no ads, you'll never have to hear this ad again, heaven forbid, uh, you also get all our bonus podcasts where we're telling you books, news stories movies then you get all jacob stuff where he's making food for some reason from video that's right games. you get all leo stuff patrick stuff life where i'm from great youtuber uh philosophy tube i think everyone who has a youtube channel at this point nebula has done an amazing job signing up the best content creators as far as i'm concerned also if you're like oh my gosh i gotta hear what they have to say about the second half of metal gear solid Mm -hmm. uh that's available right now because nebula gets episodes a week early every week we also did a a spoiler cast about alan wake 2 with mike mahardy which was awesome and that'll never be really good that'll never be on the main feed yeah that was a great episode How, how do people sign up jacob tell them take it home they go 
to nebula.tv slash something rotten. They sign up. When they do, that money goes right into our pockets so we can keep making this show. Uh, and we appreciate it. And I spend it on dumb things. I'll be honest with you, listener. I'm not spending that on smart things. I will say this game commits a sin that a lot of stylish action games do that some have fixed in recent years. Nier Automata was really good about this. Metal Gear Rising is good about this. And Bayonetta 3 also good about this. Dante's run speed is so slow. It drives me nuts. Like, like finishing an encounter and then he, he literally, like, if you look at the animation, it looks like it's in slow motion compared yeah. to the rest of the world. It's mind numbing. It's, it's weird, and I almost wonder if it is related to, like, level loading speed. Sure, because maybe, yeah. Because, like, in DMC 3 and 4 and 5, there's a skill where it's, like, after you've been running for a little while you really start sprinting and you go super fast. And in this game, like literally if you watch me play, I am just jumping and boosting forward like the angel <laughs> yeah. boost all of the time. I like I never run because it's just so slow and then you can zoom forward. And a kind of funny thing is when you play the game on New Game Plus and you have the angel boost from the beginning, you can like break the scripting of the first platforming section where it's all falling apart because you can like you can get to a place before you're supposed to and then the ground just collapses under you and I'm like that's bullshit and then I realize oh I'm not supposed to have the ability that I use to like get here so fast yeah 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 walk us through the story a bit because if I'm being honest I kind of forgot a lot of the story because it's oh, it's so memorable, Blake. I, I'm not I'm not saying uh, actually the last cut scene. I was like, all right, I'm kind of over this. But I, I tried to pay attention to the story, and it just gives me nothing to latch on to. Yeah. So uh, so in the previous episode, the last thing we did was killed uh, not Rush Limbaugh. We killed Bob Barbus. Um, and but then you go back to your little terrorist home base to find that it is being raided by SWAT teams in uh in the real world and dante is kind of stuck in limbo and so you're kind of helpless and you're watching all this stuff happen um and there are a couple there are like several levels that are basically this raid one in which you're just kind of trying to get through one in which you're interacting with cat in the real world and she like sprays spray paint on a wall and then you like pull it down from limbo which is kind of interesting i guess i think this is the worst level in the game by far yeah like there's just not enough combat there's too much time that is just running from a to b to do a one button prompt to run to c and it's just Mm -hmm. like uh this is a real bummer though the the fight at the very end of the level is pretty cool if a little janky um there's a big fight where it's like it's like oh it's just in that ring yeah yeah it's wave based and at least on the ps4 version i'm playing on ps5 like it seemed like the game would stutter between the waves and i'd have to wait like a solid minute for them to load and eh, it is what it is i have a question for you which is are you playing the definitive edition Mm -hmm. yeah okay because i'm they never released that on pc so i'm just playing the original and there are actually a number of like substantive game changes you know nothing nothing crazy but like i mean biggest they added a lock on like there's Mm -hmm. not a lock on in the original which i often really wish i had and they did like adjust weapon damage levels uh in different places i actually didn't really use the lock on because you have to hold the lock on button to keep it engaged which i thought felt kind of bad like i just wanted to press it it, i mean unless i did it wrong like listeners will let me know if i did it wrong but like the way i I was pressing r1 and then when i let go of it it would disappear and it's like what's the fucking point of this then it's not locked if you ask me they they published i think it's kind of interesting like this huge pdf of like all of the things that were changed which i feel like uh, a lot of times they don't like developers don't do the whole change log um yeah but in this they did even though it's kind of i think it's not hosted anymore it's like on Mm -hmm. capcom's website but you can find backups of it and they it's like yeah they change things they whatever it's obviously it runs at a higher resolution at a better frame rate and whatever but i just thought it was interesting that it's like that is not on steam like it's only for the ps4 and xbox or whatever i wonder what yeah 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 i 
I mean, I guess if I got a PS3, maybe I could play the original version, but I don't think there's any way on PS4 or PS5 to play anything but Definitive yeah. Edition. Also, like, why would you? You know, it, it yeah, really well, it does seem like a Definitive Edition in that, like, I don't think there's anything to be gained by going backwards. Well, I think it's the only way on console to play it at 60. So, like, yeah, it feels at this point like I, I'm not a big uh, frame rate guy, but playing a game like this i don't want to play it at 30 it would feel bad oh absolutely yeah i mean i think on on pc it's probably running at like 120 frames per second which feels amazing yeah i i regret not playing it on pc i should have but it is what it is you know what what can you do um so yeah you have this whole thing and i guess the the story importance of this other than there's these weird things where you're running through the halls and you see the swat teams shooting like random dudes yeah and i was like are those other people in our terrorist organization because i've literally only ever seen virgil and cat like i thought it was like a three-person job and then it's like there are random guys in trench coats, and Kat's like, oh no. It's like, who's that guy? Yeah, believe it or not, the game is not willing to engage with whoever these people are that yeah. might or might not be crucial to the lore of the game. Not at all. Um, but there is this, uh, this, this kind of like the first, the first real conflict between Dante and Virgil, because Virgil is downloading some shit from hard drives. Who cares? Porn. Um, yeah, he's downloading the vast compendiums of compendiums of porn that they've uh, got. But he's like, you know, Dante hold off the monsters and Dante's like, I can hold off the monsters, but the SWAT team's going to bust in and kill Cat. And uh Virgil's kind of like, I don't care. And then yeah. at the end of it, they're like, you know what? Cat has no way out of here anyway. And so she gets kidnapped. And uh, and Dante is mad because uh, Virgil is treating Cat's life as uh, just kind of, you know, uh, disposable. Yeah. Um, can I can I bring something up about Virgil? Of course I can. This is my podcast as much as it's your podcast. I That's can right. Bring up whatever I want. Uh, you know, in the other DMC games, like Virgil and Dante don't necessarily look exactly alike. But there's a point in this game when you first meet Virgil. Didn't talk about this on episode one. I forgot to. Uh, where Dante's like, who the fuck are you? And Virgil's like, believe it or not, bro, I'm your brother. And Dante's like, what? They're, ide- they're identical twins. Dante's looking into a mirror of himself. Are they really? I mean, like, more or less, yeah, I think Virgil's got a bit of a fatter nose, but, like, they are literally identical to each other. Well, that's kind of fun. I think they're basically the same character model with some minor changes. That's that's very funny, I didn't, I mean, I'm, like, mildly face-blind, and so I was just like, oh, okay, there he is. <laughs> I just think it's, like, if I was Dante and I saw, I may not be like, that's my brother immediately, but I'd be like, damn, we kind of look alike. That's weird. Yeah, and it is, I mean, I guess that is, like, good that they look similar in terms of just establishing that they're brothers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, then there is this whole. I guess what what order do do the levels happen? So Cat gets um gets kidnapped, and then you basically go right to the nightclub. The idea Dante and Virgil have is like Cat's kidnapped, so let's take Mundus's that's uh, right mistress. They keep calling her her mistress, which imply or his mistress, which implies he has like a wife or a primary primary significant other but i i, I think uh, i think you could probably call the the treatment of whatever her name in, is in this game like pretty misogynist you know that it's like what's her job she's like the whore you know and it's just yeah. like we know that she's evil and she dresses kind of slutty and so it's like oh that you know you know what her demon thing is sexuality everyone watch out i mean i would say you could also call a lot of cats role in this game also fairly misogynistic yeah. but in the back half of this game she exists to be abused and that's about it god i like the things that happen or don't happen with cat are so strange in this sequence of levels that being said almost any nightclub level is good and this is a good nightclub level like sure. i i just think you know <laughs> you you wrote to me uh, last night. We can talk about this now. Uh, you were like, "Just so I don't forget this, this game is the worst fucking music I've ever." Heard. It's it's literally unlistenable. 
Like, I, uh, I guess it's the band, like, Com- Com- Come by Christ or whatever. There's a few, like, actual bands. Com- I was wondering if you if you knew that band just because you know more bands than me. By name. Uh, the only interaction I've had with any of these bands would be this. And you know what? It's just this thing that, like, there's, like, a certain sect of, like, and I'm not super versed in this, so, like, you know, not an expert here. But there's, like, a certain category of, like, electronic music, which is, like, almost like the the the... The Venn diagram of metal and electronic music comes together. Mm-hmm. And yet, certain types of screaming only work with, like, real instrumentation. Because, like, drums and guitar and, like, especially a heavy low end from the bass can really drive the intensity needed with, like, raw screaming vocals that uh-huh. certain types of electronic music can't. And my ears cannot accept the kind of weak instrumentation of these electronic songs with like really aggressive vocals. It sounds like vocals taken from a different song put over a song they weren't recorded for. It sounds, and and, and that's not even to touch the fact that the songs are bad. The lyrics are garbage. Yeah. And overall, this is bad music. Like that just like sonically, it doesn't make sense to my ears either. That's a, that's a great, I mean, I, as as someone who's never been anywhere near this genre, I kind of don't have much to say other than like, eh, I don't like it that much. Uh, yeah. But you are like very experienced in this, and so I appreciate your more kind of like, here's here's why musically this is unlistenable. Yeah, and a lot of bands have done it. I mean, I, I remember definitely in the more MySpace era, like as screamo or just like bands as screaming was kind of having this new wave you would get these bands that'd be like we're an electronica band with a screamer and it's like you are making the worst music known to man bands like a uh, broken side was a really mm-hmm. infamous one back in the day um, but i'll tell you what as far as levels go this is a killer seven minutes in this level and and what i was going to say is like hey they're just playing like club edm and that's yeah. fine with me you know it's like it's yeah. kind of not it's not like the rest of the soundtrack combo christ by the way uh, the main guy from it did the whole Hellblade soundtrack, so uh, oh, what, I I mean I don't I do not think it's in the style of Combo Christ largely, but it'll yeah. be interesting like thinking about it being the same uh, the same musician from both. I don't want to imply they're bad musicians. I think this is just bad music. I mean, look um, like Devil May Cry music. Sorry, everyone like has sucked. You know, it's like well, there's some. There's some good ones in DMC5. We like Devil Trigger. We like no. the Virgil song. I, look, bad song. I, no. I think it's fine. Uh, the the song, the combat song in DMC3 is like one of the worst songs that I have ever heard in a game. And yeah. it, it does the same thing that it does here where it's like it starts at the beginning in every combat encounter, mm-hmm. even when they're like 30 seconds long. So I've heard the first 30 seconds of that DMC3 song one million times also i guess the genre is agrotech industrial metal which those are good descriptors um no there's one good devil may cry song yeah the one i recorded for this podcast (laughs) (laughs) do you know do you know this was like a a question on minmax a while ago but the the number of listens that the virgil song has uh from dmc5 on youtube is I just just throw out a guess. How many? Forty million. Eighty nine million. What's that song called? It's called "Bury the Light." Typhon Virgil's okay, battle yeah. theme from Devil May Cry Five Special Edition. It's like that is so many times how many copies that game sold. Let alone the like the DLC that Virgil was in. Okay, so I just looked it up. On Spotify, it has 67,831,304 listens. Christ. And I'm looking at the DMC5 soundtracks on Spotify, and a few have cracked the single-digit millions, and a lot of them are in the hundreds of thousands. Like, it's a huge jump. Wow. It's nuts. I couldn't even tell you that song. I'm going to have to listen to it after this because I don't remember it all. The the top comment here is 100% motivation, 100% badass, 100% Virgil, 0% child wow. support. So wow. there you go. Um, anyway, that's just a, a little note on the thing. Anyway, nightclub level. It's great. Uh, I love I love how Limbo works. 
in the nightclub because it's just like the dance floor keeps kind of fucking with you where it like yeah. it like sinks down and there are these big walls and the walls are kind of doing pulsing you know like they've they've got like the um the equalizers on them that are going up and down it looks really cool again i really like the 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 like graphic design that's constantly popping up like you know d- does dante have talent or round one round two round three like it's really oh cool. yeah yeah it's like the i think the devil has talent or yeah something. yeah something um, like that and and again just thinking about i know this is true of all video games but like Thinking about that Psych Odyssey thing and, like, how much they were struggling to do kind of specific special effects and thinking about, like, how many effects are just in this level? You know, like, there is just so much going on in any of these and you're kind of, you're, like, running across light bridges and you're doing this whole thing. Like, it's just a really striking level. This is maybe another Something Rotten thing of just, like, how many games have we played that have nightclub levels? Oh yeah, Max Payne three. Because Max Kane Payne definitely Lynch. does. Kane and Lynch one does. I don't think yeah. Kane and Lynch two does. Right. Um The Darkness does not. I don't think Manhunt did. No, Manhunt did. Manhunt did. You go in that sex club. Or Manhunt two, right? Right, 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 right. Manhunt uh-huh. two. So yeah, a lot of them. Uh Darkness, not that I remember. Though you go in that fancy no. restaurant, which is like a nightclub for a, a, a fancy people. And you'd go in a brothel. Which is like a hell nightclub. Uh, speaking of. of hell nightclub, <laughs> let, let's talk about the mistress more. Let's not let this one go. Uh, yeah. She is heinous. Like, they they did her so dirty. Like, everything about her is hateful. Not in, like, her character. Like, in the, the studio's treatment of her. Yeah. It's you know, just I think, despicable. I think... From an art design perspective, I was thinking it is really impressive how they communicated the idea that she's essentially, she's like skin stretched across something that did yeah. not normally have skin. Like, it it looks like the thing where, like, in The Simpsons where Homer gathers all of his fat and, like, safety <laughs> pins it behind his body. It's like, that's what her head looks like. I, okay, I don't want to act like there aren't major issues with the phenomenon and industry of plastic surgery. Like there Uh are obviously huge issues there with like a body representation or beauty standards, just even, even ethical dilemmas, blah, 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 blah. I also think there's this misogynistic tendency or like thought that a lot of men have that like women who get plastic surgery are whorish. Oh, for sure. Like, slutty or mm-hmm. or just old women who like it's worth ridiculing old women who want to look uh, feel better about themselves and this character that's that's really the thing yeah yeah this it's like you know you know what my opinion doesn't matter on uh old women who want to feel pretty like it doesn't <laughs> matter what i think about that at all um and this game seems to think a lot of things about it and my my note to ninja theory is your opinion actually doesn't fucking matter yeah it's like like her her biggest sin as a character as told by the game is like being old and trying to be hot you know because it's like they make it really clear with like the amount of like wrinkles and stuff they put on her it's like this isn't a character that you're excited seeing her like sexy you know get up it's like you're supposed to think it's gross and it's just like you know the the kind of demonification of sexuality is one thing, but also the game's perspective being like, and you know what's worse? Like, she's wrinkly! Ah! It's yeah, just it's... like, it's pretty gross. Uh, that being said, there is also grossness that I appreciate, <laughs> which is the boss fight here. Yes, uh, video games are such a dumb thing because it's like, how many games have we talked about on this show specifically where we bring up like some of the most misogynistic, gross shit imaginable that we are like we abhor this we just this is bad you did a bad job now on the other hand you did a fun thing with it though. yeah it's like, <laughs> like the darkness is... too is essentially that <laughs> yeah. in microcosm it is just that is just video games as an industry at this point yeah um though i think i mean i think that the the boss fight itself here is not Maybe this is an insane thing to say. I don't think the boss fight is, like, problematic. 
you know like oh, i sure, think sure, i sure, think sure, actually sure. it's like fine so anyway what what happens here some of the most effective body horror here is like she's she's pregnant with mundus's like demon child and mm-hmm. you can see her belly like moving which just as as like a thing for me is always like a major like oh god you know like the the scene in prometheus where she has like the alien baby or whatever it's always it is uniquely horrifying um but no other medium has been uh as bold as devil may cry in that in her boss fight the baby uh comes out is an enormous monster and then the she is attached to the baby's belly button by an umbilical cord that is <laughs> yeah. the the width and attached to her head and then she says suck me in suck me in and then the baby pulls her inside by the umbilical cord yes, which is like a level of creative grossness that i yes, think is really impressive <laughs> yes sir that's like i think this is also one of the more mechanically engaging boss fights in uh-huh. the entire game like there's so many different grapple points on this baby that you have to contend with and you have to like fight the baby to a stagger point where you then fight the lady like it's cool it's a good fight i was into it the fact that like the way you really do damage is by like using your demon arm to pull her out of its stomach and then yeah. like kick her in the face is just it's like I feel like this is one of those kind of maybe this is where you can see Alex Garland or maybe this is just a concept artist who had like a really great gross idea but like this almost feels like the kind of idea to me that they were like we'll build the plot to yeah. this point so you get to fight a weird big baby thing bro this this was just alex garland uh workshopping the ending of men a decade before <laughs> more or less. like this there's a lot of similarities to that uh wasn't there a whole thing with like he had written men years and years ago and was like trying to get it produced or something i don't know nah. anyway yeah it uh i was i was thinking about the movie men as well you ever you haven't, I know, but for the sake of podcasting, gotta ask, you ever see the movie Gozu by Takashi Miike? Nope. As I, we'll, probably, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit next season, I'll tell you, that's a little hint. A remarkably similar ending in a lot of ways, and I would love to know if Garland was referencing or homaging or ripping off knowing American audiences probably haven't seen that film, uh-huh. but it's uh, it's one of the only things I could think while watching the ending of Men, which is was surprising to me that that thought would have come up but you know what good ending good movie i don't care what people say i like that movie good stuff uh so anyway uh then you you get her you you orchestrate this trade uh you know between Mm -hmm. like hey mundus we'll give you your lady back if you give us cat back um cat has been being tortured i guess but i like one of the weird failings of the game story here is like i don't know like what her being kidnapped like meant you know it's like it didn't seem like she gave up anything and when she gets back it doesn't seem to like matter at all she's just like she's gone for like one mission and then you get her back i think it just facilitates needing to get dante in a room with mundus and that's it yeah um but it does lead us to uh if not the most infamous uh, at least the most shocking single cutscene of this game, right? Yeah, I guess, like, I, I guess I didn't really know about this until, like, I, we talked about last episode, like, Ben Hansen brought it up to me, and I was like, oh, okay. And seeing it here, like, I guess people hate it, because it's disturbing, but on the other hand, as someone who's pro-choice, I kind of like the abortion scene, <laughs> because I yeah, think it's a good you, political message. What do you think choice means? <laughs> <laughs> You think it means so? So in the sorry, scene, sorry, I, I, I'm pro-choice. You can't argue against it. You're good. Are you pro-life, Jacob? Sorry. Uh, yeah, I guess we, that weird puts stance me on that to take. Side. Um. So so in the scene, it is it is your classic kind of showdown where they're making a prisoner exchange. You know where where Dante has has the mistress and uh, some weird just kind of men in black representatives of Mundus have cat and they are handing them back to each other and the moment after they you know kind of pass so like cat is more on dante's side virgil who's sitting a little ways away with a sniper rifle in a shipping container uh shoots 
shoots the mistress in the stomach first. So basically, and it, and it lingers long enough for her to look at her hands and very much have the the like, wow, you shot a pregnant woman in the stomach moment, yeah. which I think is a, there are many smarter people than me who could you know, make make arguments to the contrary, and I'd probably agree with them. Again, I don't think this plot point is necessarily, like, bad. I, you know, I, I mostly think that it's notorious and and kind of cool in just, like, how nuts it is that it's a mainstream AAA game where one of the guys you're supposedly working with shoots a pregnant woman in the stomach, even though he is killing a demon baby you know because we yeah. know she's like pregnant with a demon um also virgil turns out to be the bad guy so you know like he's yeah. <laughs> whatever i i don't know like granted i'm a man but i didn't find it particularly offensive i mean were people upset when last of us part two did a similar thing seven years later i don't remember that plot point being a s- sticking point uh, yeah i mean i don't know that was i think i think maybe part of it is like this game's tone is so all over the place yeah, that it's yeah, yeah. like wacky nightclub level followed by shooting a pregnant woman in the stomach feels like wait what is what are you going for here and granted um, also in the last of us part two that was not an intentional killing of a baby that was ellie did not know the woman was pregnant but uh let, let me ask you about mundus because this is when we're finally gonna get the most FaceTime. well any facetime between dante and mundus mm-hmm. it's like considering the the the, the energy drink the political messaging of this game or like social commentary of this game. What do you, where do you think Mundus fits into it? If at all, is it just like absolute power corrupts absolutely or whatever? Like how does he, what does he represent in this whole thing other than just like a general distaste of authority? Yeah, that's, you know, because it's like at the beginning of the game, he has that weird line where he's like, I'm going to control the world through debt. And it's like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like capitalism is bad or whatever. Yeah. But that's not actually what he's doing. It's like he just seems like he's a demon and he wants the earth to be controlled by demons. Yeah. And it's I like, guess, okay, that's so, just like a weird, vague directive that he has. I guess I, I like I get what role he serves in the world. My question is like, was Ninja Theory trying to say anything with him? Because it feels like in even just some benign parts of the game, they have something to say. And yet Mundus, I'm like, I don't really know what the message here was other than, like, the narrative meaning of guy is bad and authoritarian. I, yeah, I I think, you know, the fact that he kind of looks like a CEO, I think, is kind of in the lines of this game's, like, wake up sheeple messaging, where it's just (laughs) like, what if the big rich guy was bad? It's like, yeah, okay, I mean, I agree, I guess. Um, What if I played this game on my PlayStation 3 created by a billion dollar company you know yeah I get it. Th- that's right games shouldn't actually say that rich people are bad <laughs> um, i mean you know it's a little weird sometimes i just sometimes think the rich people are bad analogy is used to willy-nilly you know where it's like it's used the easy counter argument is like this is a game that cost millions of dollars published by like a company uh, you get what i'm saying it's like if you don't have anything interesting to say, which I don't think Mundus has anything interesting to say about CEOs or the role of like debt and blah, 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 then I do think it's a little vapid when I'm playing a AAA game and there's this like rich people are bad type of thing yeah, I narrative don't, to it. You know, I don't think that the platform necessarily, uh, you know, prohibits you from saying something sure, yeah, yeah. radical, but I do agree that it's like with without a kind of real institutional critique, which, look, yeah. maybe this game is having, or saying, like, cable news is poisoning your brain or whatever, sure. but it's like, yeah, it just feels like it's it's kind of like a shortcut to a character, where it's like, yeah, we can all agree that, like, the big rich guy is bad without being, like... So, like, what is the... Should we take from this metaphor that you're saying that, like, CEOs are evil or is it just yeah. this one guy it, it's just he's just kind of a nothing character like it just kind of doesn't yeah. doesn't matter but there is so so virgil virgil shoots this lady uh he then shoots her in the head which i forgot about uh, and so it's like you get kind of the double whammy of like 
shooting her, shooting her in the stomach and then had uh, some some intense scenes. But then there is a cool level after it where like Mundus freaks out. The whole city just starts like popping off, kind of going into limbo. And for some reason, Virgil and Kat are driving away in a car that is like <laughs> slowing down and stopping in time right before it would hit something bad. And then yeah. you can like grapple to it and punch it away. And it's like, who knows why that happens, but I think it's a really fun level conceit. Absolutely. The hows and whys don't matter because it's fun to be Dante fucking swinging around like Spider-Man through this world collapsing and on itself. It's mm-hmm. rad. Yeah, I Love really it. think I think the the limbo and the level design in this part of the game are generally really cool because the next part then is almost this weird again, it seems like an idea they had that they just put in this one level that's not really reflected throughout the rest of the game. But you do almost like an Ocean's Eleven style heist where you are like breaking into the big Mundus headquarters building and you're seeing like the walls are turning into like chalk outlines as you're hearing Kat describe like what you're going to do breaking in in totally the heist movie thing of saying like, and then you'll impersonate the guard, and then we see, like, the main actor impersonating the guard or whatever. The cool part of this, though, is, like, the the, the level begins with Kat explaining the plan, but then her VO carries over to the actual plan, mm-hmm. and her chalkboard drawing she was doing before it happened starts showing up in the level, so they'll be, like, an arrow pointing the direction yeah. you need to go. Like, it looks really fucking cool. Yeah, it feels like a... You know, they've been doing they've been doing this whole just like words appearing in the environment thing the whole game where it's like kill Mm -hmm. Dante. And this feels like maybe at one point they wanted it to be that idea to be expanded, you know, where it's like it's mostly just the words. And then we get this one really cool level with like chalk appearing on the actual walls and stuff. Um, It's cool. I like if they did, you know, if they did another game or even another like non DMC game, I would love to see just kind of this idea expanded on because it's it's just like fun to play through absolutely kyle hilliard would have plenty of material for his ongoing twitter thread yeah about big can, text and games can i say something that i really appreciated about this game that i just kind of like realized in retrospect uh you know playing it again is uh we've talked about how the story is generally bad and like the dialogue isn't good mm-hmm. but this was made before or kind of just at the beginning of era of like characters that never shut the fuck up during gameplay. Mm-hmm. And like I was really appreciative that when you were doing these like platforming sections as Dante, he doesn't have like a little quip to say ah. with every jump. You know, like he yeah. actually is silent for most of it. And, and you know, he says like huh, when he launches a guy, yeah. but it's not like. Oh, glad I didn't look down for that one when he's, like, jumping from one part of Limbo <laughs> I, to another. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's a good point. Shouts out to this game shutting the hell up. I, I think it's just, like, that idea. I bet if they made this game now, sure, it would. And I, I bet in Hellblade 2, or in whatever else Ninja Theory is currently working on, the character is going to talk the entire time, because that just seems like what we're doing now. But I Well, in Hellblade 2... Not only is Sinua going to talk the whole time. All, all of the voices are going to be talking the whole time. Yeah, 13 other people are going to be talking the whole time. Uh, truly fascinated to go back and see if that's still cool or annoying, because I don't remember. Anyway, uh, let's see. There's a there's a part where they go into the finance wing, and they're like, oh, these people are barely human, which is like, okay, another kind of shot at Hell capitalism. Yeah. I don't know. There's a little elevator gag that I like. Where he gets on the elevator oh, yeah, and he's yeah. going to like the six hundred sixty sixth floor, and then it keeps like flashing to just different weird numbers. Yeah, it's fine. I also like the part where Cat's uh, VO is like, "This next part is gonna be tough, Dante." And then you get in the elevator to go up, and it's just like a really long sequence in the elevator, and Dante's like, "God, this is tough." <laughs> like that's funny. That's very funny. We got we got elevator jokes, but they're fine. That's some elevated humor. Nebula.com.tv slash Sunderland, you can start paying for this shit. <laughs> um, the, the next couple levels uh, do not make a lot of sense in sequence to me, and sure. I feel like it's why 
you know, it's like Devil May Cry games always have levels. They're not like one continuous playthrough. And I feel like you can kind of get away with this more because the next level you're just like in hell and there's just like fire shooting up from like below platforms. And then the level after that, you're like in a cave. And I'm like, wait, we're still in the building. And then in the last yeah. level, it's like, yeah, you're still in that building. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, the last several levels did very little for me. These were pretty stinky. For, yeah, especially, like, the fire coming up across that whole, like, cavey-looking level. It's really annoying because the game... I already just want the game to be faster, and now you're making me stand still, like, every five seconds. I'm just like, come the fuck on. Yeah, it's like there's no way to do it quickly. You just have yeah. to stand there and wait for the fire. So it's like, it's whatever. It, Joe Juba actually mentioned this in the Game Informer review, where he was like, my last level is to, like, start four generators? Like, Virgil, what are you doing? Yeah, this is all pretty rough. I mean, you want to just jump right to the Mundus fight? Uh, no, I don't, because okay. we have to talk okay. about the dialogue exchange at the beginning of that generator level, uh, where Dante yeah. says, I have a bigger Good dick. <laughs> no. Virgil says it. Oh, I wasn't sure who said it. Virgil says, Dante's like, I'm smarter. And then Virgil's like, I'm something more. -er. And then Dante's like, huh. And then at the end, Virgil goes, and I have a bigger dick. And I was like, well, whip him out, boys. Let's see. They should have. They should have whipped him they out. They should have. I mean, it, honestly, I'm a little shocked this game didn't have a penis somewhere in it. I was going to say, even just like a demon that had like yeah. a big schlong. Again, or something rotten, uh, you know, continuing games with dicks in them. Um, should we do Should we do a games with dick season? Yeah, for God, sure. Well, we'd have to play like Grand Theft Auto 4. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we we answered, so we answered this question in the Q&A. I think it's just yeah. the Ballad of Gay Tony, so maybe we could just play that. Well, no, we'd also have to play Custer's Revenge. That's, yep, nope. Uh, and Dante's Inferno. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, so then let's just skip to the boss fight. So you fight Mundus, uh, you get him mad, you talk about how you killed his baby, uh, and he turns into a big, uh, big rock monster. And it's not fun. No. It's do you know do you know the thing that happens at the end of not the Matrix game that everyone talks about where the end is just the Wachowskis as stick figures sitting on a couch and talking to you. But there's a different moment that I think is in a different Matrix game where they're like the end of this movie you can't really play. So uh, here do this instead. And there are a million Smiths that just turn into like one big Smith mech. And it like oh, it looks yeah, exactly yeah. like this. It's it's just very funny that it's like yeah, yeah, you know, a bunch of shit flies together and turns into like a city destroying thing. Yeah, you know, fights that are on this scale always look so cool, and they except for those God of War games, they're rarely ever that good because a lot of them just boil down to guy's gonna smash his arm down, you're gonna hit it for a while. Yeah, and it's never very fun, and that's what this one ultimately comes down to is like avoiding big ol' arms and then swiping at his thumb for 20 minutes until yeah, he's it, dead. Yeah, it's very, you know, it's like, what this game does well here is what it does generally well, which is, like, the platforming, I think, is fun. You know, like, sure. zooming from one place to another is fun, and so you're kind of jumping out of the way stuff. But you're just, you're just smacking this guy's thumb until you can pull out his eyeball, and Virgil's in some, like, goop inside fighting the main guy. And it's all just, like, totally kind of weightless and stakesless and at the end of this something that they never really well okay so here's something that happens they virgil destroys the hellgate which i assumed was going to kill all the demons uh but what it actually does is just like removes the the glamour so everyone starts seeing the demons and then you get a bunch of shots of social media where people are saying shit like hashtag demons have awoken. Yeah, it's very strange. I guess it's just another it's like anonymous. You know, it's it's another wake yeah. up sheeple. I'm so glad we're beyond the point where anonymous has much cultural cachet. Not because, like, Anonymous, like, maybe they did. I guess they weren't necessarily an actual organization, but, like, a loose idea of an organization. But, like... Yeah, it's like, they did some good stuff, but it was but, always so, like, really? 
No, no, no. That's not even what I'm saying. Okay. I just think the 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 impact they had on pop culture was so fucking annoying that I'm oh, glad yeah. it's gone. Yeah. Well, it was. It's it's the the V for Vendetta to anonymous to like weird guy yeah. on Reddit pipeline. And Occupy Wall Street kind of also fit into here, where you would see that pop up in some weird ways in like games or pop culture, and it was all very annoying in a way that I feel like detracted from anything good any of those movements might have done within media yeah i i mean i feel like the the occupy movement was basically killed you know by by being like we gotta stop any sort of like like uh lower class uprising from happening whereas anonymous was just like did good stuff we're cringe sorry (laughs) y'all That's something rotten, though. Did good stuff. We also look yeah, for sure. Um, at the end of this, the entire city is destroyed. Just like yeah. seemingly tens of millions of people dead. Not really can reflected I, on. Yes. Can I have a bad faith argument here about storytelling? Yeah. Okay. So, like, I understand that Mundus has brainwashed everyone with his evil soda and debt but like also people are kind of chilling you know like there's no war like mundus is like it's implied mundus has caused like world peace or at least for this is it? city things are pretty chill yeah he's like they were all killing each other before i showed up now they're chill and dante never disputes the fact he's like yeah but you're bad and you're a ruler and that's all fair i understand that also, the solution is to get rid of the ostensible peace under authoritarianism, I will acknowledge. Well, and is and they kill major- tens of millions of people. They kill tens of millions of people. That's so what the I'm important saying, part. I am just saying, I understand people were brainwashed, drinking evil soda and having to listen to Rush Limbaugh, but were they better off? You're total. I mean, you are, you are making the uh, uh, what's-his-name argument from The Matrix where he's like, I know, I know I the know. steak is fake, but it tastes good. And it's like, you know what? He's right. Like, sometimes I do just want the steak. You know? It's just like, I understand that's a bad, a bad faith argument in a lot of ways. On the other hand, m- the game never says Mundus killed tens of millions of people. The game says Mundus killed two people and Dante's Yo, but he's killing them it. with his soda, Blake. He's killing them with, you know, insidious yeah, but... advertising. <laughs> but he also, like, the game does imply he brought peace to the yeah, world. Yeah, well, I mean, so it kind of makes... So, so Dante's whole thing is, like, people have a right to freedom, which is also kind of the Matrix sure. argument. You know, it's like fair. people have, people have a right to freedom. But what we find out at the end, and it kind of makes more sense why Virgil would have wanted to, like, kill tens of millions of people, is Virgil's like, nah, we're we're the ones who are supposed to rule, uh, which we knew was going to happen the whole game, because if you know anything about Dante and Virgil, you know that they fight each other. Um, and so, and, of course, at the end, they have to fight each other. And we get the only actual Devil May Cry boss fight in this entire game. Yeah, uh, and I think it's a pretty good boss fight. I, I like do it. too. I don't like I don't like when he turns into the two versions of himself. It, that's that part is weird because you have to use Devil Trigger, but it's like it's never been there's never been a place in the game before yeah. where you could like only do damage during Devil Trigger and it, it whatever. I I like you know I think that they give him a lot of cool moves. They're really hard to fight against, except if you know like when to parry. Um, there's also I was curious how you did with those the kind of like the hardest regular enemies which are those teleporting dudes with swords oh uh instantly turned on devil trigger and just fucking crushed them okay I could not like i should have googled it but i just couldn't figure out how to fucking like the right way to get these guys so mm-hmm. that i basically would u- save my devil trigger for their encounters because otherwise devil triggers isn't very useful or fun to play with i had i had a very like a sleeper agent moment when those guys came in where I like remembered my training from playing this game five years ago or <laughs> yeah. whatever, where I was like, wait, I know, I know Kung Fu. I know how to do this, but it, they are, it is this weird thing where they introduce characters that like really have to be fought in very specific ways. And so my, mm. like my thing that I would do is like they teleport, you parry them when they come back out hit them twice, launch them, hit them twice in the air, use your fist to smack them back down, and, like, that would often do enough. But it's, like, it's, uh, 
another kind of fault of this game's combat system is it does reward like there are no enemies in Devil May Cry where you have to do like exactly these six moves against yeah. them in the rest of the series and it does really feel like there are those kind of things here yeah i don't feel bad for not figuring that out no not at all the game doesn't the game also for the majority of its time doesn't really push you to have to do anything that complex for an enemy i mean you have the bigger enemies which have specific ways you should and need to fight them but like they're not even on that level of like here's the precise inputs you need to effectively do this so yeah i don't feel bad about yeah it's you know i i think basically what what happened towards the end of this and why why I think people are right to criticize the combat and whatever is like you essentially just hit a ceiling, you know, where it's like and there there is always what's what's tough is it feels like there's just always a right thing to do in a way that kind of discourages creativity where like every combat scenario that started, I would use my glaives to pull everyone towards me. And then I would do some sort of launcher and I hit people in the air and then I'd slam back down with the fists and then I'd do a couple hammer strikes. And it's like that, their axe, it's like that's everything. You know, it's like almost every situation in the game can be solved through that and you'll get a triple S rank for doing it. And it just like, you know, it just the, the limitless possibility of Devil May Cry 4 or 5 is not here in this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I I still think I really like this game. I think I had a a fonder memory of it before replaying it. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I by no means did not. It's not a Call of Duty Four situation where I went from loving a game to hating it. No, I, I still think it's pretty re- great. Yeah, I went from really liking this game to still liking it. Um, but also, I could not shake the feeling playing it that it's like. I kind of just want to play Bayonetta or DMC5 or even near Automata, like mm-hmm. any other stylish action game. I think I think that they really did achieve their goal of yeah. creating a version of this genre of game that you can pick up and feel great at without mm-hmm. being uh you know a pro in the genre and i also think it's not like the bayonetta thing where it's just doing auto combos you know it's like you do have to think about stuff but it's just like yeah, it's yeah. it's on it's on an easier level and ultimately i not every game needs to be a game that you can play to master for like a thousand hours so i absolutely you know like all all of my nitty combat criticisms withstanding like I think I think it's totally fine, and I don't think that this game should get like dinged too much for mm-hmm. not being a, a fucking like academic essay in character action, which DMC Five is. Do you do you like? Do you wish there was a sequel to this game? I kind of want. I I like that Ninja Theory made Hellblade, but I mm-hmm. do wish there was a a world where they also made kind of big triple a adventure games because like i think i think this plus enslaved would be like a really cool combo if they if they kind of i i think they were a little limited by the world of devil may cry even as much as they changed it but like i think enslaved is a cool idea i think heavenly sword is a cool idea if they kept doing stuff like that with where they got the combat to in this game that seems awesome to me. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I guess specifically with DMC, I am kind of glad it didn't get more games. I don't know. Maybe we would have lived in a universe where there was a parallel DMC series, <laughs> right. you know? But I like, could, I could only dream. I, I guess I'm just like, I'm. <laughs> I hate to be like, thing thing in Japan, and the thing in Japan is cooler. But I think this just like lacks the fun and kind of like coolness of the or Capcom DMC games. Yep. That like I, as I said on the show plenty of times, I'm just like super not in this game story at all. You know, in a way that like even though I never know what's happening in a Devil May Cry game, they're just fun to look at. I don't think this game's all that fun to look at in its story moments. Um, I also think the other uh, DMC games are like. Way better. They just have a charm that only, like, Capcom can bring. Or, like, that ilk, you know, the the Platinum or Clover type yeah, thing. Yeah, I... Um, and on the other hand, I... Did, even though, I, like, when I played Hellblade, I didn't super care for the game. Uh, I'm just glad it exists because it's so fucking weird in a way that I feel like only 
ninja theory can do because they do make fucking weird games yeah and like big swings that like i'm kind of glad their hand was forced to do something different after this and go for hellblade yeah did we did we play the like sales game uh last week for this the sales game i just just oh, me no, asking no, no, you no, how no, many no, no, no. okay so you, no um so where where do you think uh in in the kind of like saga of the series how do you think this did well devil may cry 3 i think is the best selling one right devil may cry 3 is the worst selling one that's what i meant that's what i meant isn't that crazy though like the one that everyone's like this is where they got it is the worst selling in the franchise i thought devil may cry 4 was the worst selling okay Hmm. this is not the best selling one no dmc5 the best selling one DMC five is the best selling. DMC four actually. So here's here's the catch is that basically all of these games have like multiple editions, and so right, I've added right, the right. editions uh, together. Sure. Uh, but DMC five in total has sold like six and a half million copies, which okay. for a game that niche, pretty great. Uh, DMC four yeah. total sold five point two. Uh, DMC four was viewed as disappointing sales wise, which is why they pivoted to this. Um, mm-hmm. but this only sold in its original release 2.8 million and then another 1.2 million of the definitive edition. So four total, which is not terrible. And it's sure. kind of surprising how many the definitive edition it sold, but like they were trying to get something that was a bigger hit than DMC four and they did not do it. Uh, going to Capcom's investor relations site, a very cool site. I recommend everyone check out because it has, uh, an absurd amount of sales data on it. Yeah. We were talking about this in our resident evil episode. Yeah. Devil May Cry five is Capcom's 10th best selling game of all time. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I think that probably the like next generation thing was probably big for it. Cause that was like an early mm-hmm. PS five Xbox, whatever. It, it also like, I don't know how much of this is like me saying something exists that doesn't exist in terms of sales numbers, but like the Capcom Renaissance or whatever. Um, sorry. Uh, the Capcom Renaissance thing. I think there, there maybe is a sales driver there where people are like, fuck man, I played resident evil two remake of resident evil seven. Oh, this I company also has this Devil World. May Cry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, what is the the same logo is on this Devil May Cry game? Like, does that bring in however many millions just from like this like supposed like renaissance we keep talking about? Which I think is like from a quality degree is a thing that is happening. I don't know if that's like always indicative of sales or just like the games are. Ca- you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's hard to know how much how much the average gamer is aware of like publishers or developers. And I, I also right, think DMC five right. was helped by just being like, wow, this is one of the best looking games I have ever seen. Like I want to have that on yep. my PlayStation. Um, in terms of Metacritic scores, uh, what do you think is the best reviewing one? Oh, I mean, man, this game reviewed way better than I expected, but I think Devil May Cry. Oh, I want to say Devil May Cry five because yep. that game was such a, fucking it was it it is but it is a really tight spread so dmc5 is at an 88 dmc3 87 dmc devil may cry the one we're just talking about 85 and dmc4 84 so it's like it really they are just hitting exactly the same place on the target every time what about devil may cry 2 68 there we go but devil may cry 2 i think sold really well sure one thing to yeah, I mean, Devil May Cry two. Uh, here's here's the thing: gamers might not like to hear. Poor quality of a game means little when the game sell, sells good. So I would assume the game was successful enough to warrant Devil May Cry three, no matter how bad it might have been. Um, one one last thing I would like to bring up here at the end: mm-hmm. when we think about Dante from DMC Devil May Cry and featuring Nero, Dante from the Devil May Cry series, right? When we think about their character designs. DMC, Devil May Cry, Dante, Nero from Devil May Cry 5. And 4. At what point are we... No, no, just 5. Just 5. Oh, because of his design. Yeah. At what point are we going to acknowledge and need to get comment from Capcom about the fact they're ripping off Mike Mahardy's actual look for these characters? (laughs) (laughs) 
they look exactly like him. It's every time I see it, I'm just like, I'm just playing as Mike Mahardy right now. Uh, for those who don't know, Mike Mahardy works in Polygon as the review editor. Was a game spot for a long time, host of Firescape podcast. Uh, That's very uh, funny. Just uncannily look like more so Nero from DMC Five, but like Dante in this game also kind of looks like him. It fucks um, me up every time. I, I mean, I think what you're just saying is Mike Mahardy's a Chad and looks like a Chad. <laughs> Right? I th- I mean, look, I'm, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't I, say anything weird on the on a hot mic, but yeah, I think he might just be a little bit of a Chad. Um, I don't know if he listens to this, if he's going to hear that. The, the one, I'll, I'll take us out by saying, is it, isn't it funny how quickly they cut to the real life footage of the Ninja Theory office <laughs> yeah. at the end? Of, it's yeah. like, like literally the end of this game is, uh, Dante does not kill Virgil because Cat asks him not to. They like go in their separate ways, zoom in on Dante's eye, music swells, and then just immediate cut to credits while there's like a handy cam in the middle of the Ninja Theory office, just like filming people's cubicles. And dude, I wanted to watch it so bad, but the song was so dog shit that I had to skip them. Like, I wanted to watch the footage because it seemed fun, and the song was so terrible that I was like, I can't fucking do this. They actually, they show very little footage. They basically just uh, scroll okay. through a bunch of concept art. It's a, it's disappointing. But, uh, yeah, okay. anyway, the game does not stick the landing in terms of punching to credits in a meaningful way. But <laughs> yeah. next week, we're going to be talking about a game that I think people would generally consider... Uh, had had a, a a much more ambitious story than Devil May Cry, and probably did it better uh, because we are going to the world of Senua and her sacrifice. We're playing Hellblade. Uh, I'm gonna play it in VR. Uh, Blake's gonna play it in normal person vision. Uh, I'm excited to talk <laughs> about right. that on game. PlayStation on PlayStation Five, as God intended, my little butt on my couch next to my dog. No standing in gaming like a pervert. Like, Jacob, you weird pervert. You can sit and play VR. <laughs> no, you can't because you got to swing around and shit. Oh, no, it's like... just a controller game. Um, uh, okay. And, uh, hey, for Blake Hester, uh, my name is Jacob Geller. Uh, wake up, sheeple. God damn it. Bye. Bye.